0: Welcome to
1: Recast, presented by the Baptist Union of Scotland. Each episode will look at a key issue of mission or discipleship for church leaders
0: in Scotland. We will be bringing you key voices, practical insights, and unique stories, all focused on the church in Scotland.
1: Welcome to the Recast. My name's Glenn Innes, it's great to be here and I am once again here with my colleague Lisa.
0: Hello everybody.
1: And uh, we're back with another episode uh, in our series here, having a think about what it is to support and encourage people working in the marketplace uh, as they try to walk out their whole lives for Jesus uh lisa it's good to be back chatting i I think we got some feedback that perhaps the last time our uh what shall we call it mundane conversation was perhaps both a little too mundane and a little too long Uh, so so we really do need to come up with something nice and sharp to talk about at the top here um so what are you up to at the moment what are you working on
0: well, there's always a million things. You haven't seen my task list down the side of my uh, computer screen in front of me here, but a huge amount of them are to do with an actually a really exciting event that will be coming up soon. And that is Canopy Summer. Um, yeah. And so lots and lots of people came last year and uh, all ages and stages of life from all churches really quite far and wide, which is super encouraging Brilliant. and we have got a new venue, which is Larbut High School. We we mm. love the last venue, but it we'd outgrown it on, on our first event. So we've Lab. gone for a bigger venue, which is hopefully a little bit future-proofed as well. So Labut High School, um, you know, lots of parking and loads and loads of indoor space. It's got the most ginormous kind of welcoming hall area that I've ever seen Great. in my life. Um and then a huge uh, kind of auditorium and place to bring all your picnic lunch. Although, of course, it's going to be sunny this year. So we it can is. sit outside.
1: We had a word with God already, didn't we? Yeah. I think I might have done that, that
0: last for... year as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have um, Pete Anderson coming oh, to be keynote speaker for us. Um, Pete's got massive vision around prayer and unity and uh planting churches and kind of all the things that are important to us as well um time to worship um and then stuff for uh under fives five to eleven is that primaries and then secondary youth stuff as well and bouncy inflatables and ice cream vans and coffee and seminars by like a massive broad range of people um that we're just finalizing now but um yeah, Pete's going to do one and um, Adam uh, from the International Justice Mission, Joe Hood from mainly ministries about engaging with families in our community and a um, whole bunch of other things. So, yeah, that's me. That 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 is a lot of lists and a lot of little tasks, along with other people, of course, who are doing amazing stuff as well filling in I'm, I'm not
1: sure you've ever spoken for that amount of time in one go and it felt a little bit like in one breath <laughs> that's what it feels like podcast. <laughs> I was like okay, I only asked you one question Lisa that's fine I was like,
0: can drink. I stop now
1: you, well, you can <laughs> um I, I mean i guess the important thing is uh you've got all those cool things happening but uh, we need people to come right
0: oh yeah that would be most excellent in fact i think we're definitely over 100 booked in already um That's a good start. so here's shall i shall i tell them i mean it's no one listening right and my dream is maybe like 500
1: oh wow i'd really like to see
0: that it'd be great wouldn't
1: yeah, you think we've managed that out of our churches right
0: yeah, to Should like encounter God and listen to Him and to have time to talk and engage and pray with one another and just have mm-hmm.
1: fun. All all, uh, all cards on the table. This is a bit of an advert, but you know, <laughs> in in reality, it was also it was a brilliant day last year. You yeah, know? It, it was it, it was a a brilliant representation of the diversity of our mm-hmm. of our network. It was. A celebration of the goodness of god to us and yep. you know last year martin took the chance to launch the whole increase vision and there, there was just a you know there's a vibrancy about mm-hmm. it that uh i i'll be honest i'm actually really looking forward to it
0: <laughs> that's really good <laughs> what, glenn not, not just because <laughs> i have
1: to but but because I, I you know if if i wasn't part of the team i'd still be bringing my church you know it's uh, exactly Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it definitely is something to look forward to. And if you missed out last year, well, that's your fault. But uh, this year, you can definitely make it along. If people want to book or get a little bit more information, uh, we you can definitely do that on our website. Uh, Yeah. Is that the best place for people to go?
0: It's absolutely the best place for people to go. So most of the information is uh, up to date and new stuff's coming in all of the time as we confirm different people and we have a new booking in account. So that hopefully means that all the information we get is much more helpful to us and easier for you to book in. And we'd love for you to book in as soon as possible so then we can make sure we get everything sorted for you. But it is going to be fab. And um, yeah, it was a joy to be part of last year and in fact quite a few people said to me and i've said this to myself if i'd known it was going to be this good i would have brought more people so yeah. we're working on it being this good again
1: good and it's uh if you want the information is scottishbaptist.com forward slash canopy and uh, all the information is there and you can get that link in the show notes if you can't remember that rather simple url um that's all a bit of a tangent from what we normally do in the recast but not really because actually a whole bunch of this stuff in the seminars is really about equipping uh my words ordinary people for ordinary ministry you know i i I think that's 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 it's not the 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 seminars are not leader streams or anything like that Mm -hmm. it's genuinely for the whole people of god and And really that's what we want to be doing with the podcast just now is thinking about, I guess, both how do we equip the whole people of God but also how do we as leaders think about how we are preparing ourselves to to, uh, support folks. And we're delighted to be able to have Ken Benjamin from the London Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Uh, We're going to have a a listen to that. Uh, We hope you enjoy the conversation that we had with Ken and we'll speak to you on the other side.
0: So uh, we are really thrilled to have Ken Benjamin with us. Uh, Ken works for LICC, and we'll get into that a little bit more in a moment, Ken. Um, I'm guessing that there's quite a lot of people listening who perhaps don't know you and don't know much about you. So maybe you could just tell us a little bit about yourself before we get going with some sort of formal questions.
2: Gladly, yeah. Hi to both of you. Yeah. So I'm I'm Ken Benjamin. People who don't know me might notice that my names rhyme. Ken Ben, uh, actually. The only joke my dad ever made was playing on that. And my middle name is, in fact, Leonard. So uh, I am <laughs> Ken Len Ben, which, if you're looking for me on social media, wasn't taken by anybody else. Doesn't seem to be anybody else. If you're trying to find me at Ken Len Ben, it's how to find me. I'm a Baptist minister and I was pastoring a church down on the south coast in England for 24, 25 years prior to this role with LITC. I'm married to Sue and we have two adult kids both married and um, in different parts of the UK and um, when I'm not doing the role that I do for LICC I enjoy tennis, uh, golf and time away in our camper van.
0: Oh very good, that's excellent isn't it? Um, So um, have you been to Scotland?
2: (laughs) I have been to Scotland yeah and um, although it's a cliche for Anybody to try to make any sort of hereditary claim to be Scottish? I, I'm mixed race. I'm, I'm Asian and, and white British, but on my mum's side, we're part of the Fergus clan. And um so my mum, my mum was 94. She died a couple of months ago, just the mm. beginning of January. And when we uh, went through her stuff, you could find a number of items relating back to the Fergus clan, including the crest. And I looked up the crest. It says. Um, Sweeter after difficulty is the, is the, is the go of the Fergus clan, which is a nice thought. Yeah, so I would like, would like to make some claim to some Scottish hereditary on on my mum's side.
0: Excellent. Oh, that's just a
1: really great motto, oh, I mean, isn't it? There you go, that's it. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: my, and My son, when he got married this summer, he, he made a point of having a Fergus clan tie as part of his wedding outfit.
0: Excellent. Well, we look forward to uh, welcoming you up here with your camper van because um, it's a lot cheaper in a camper van up here if you choose the right places. So it's definitely Excellent. a good place to come apart from many other reasons.
1: And undoubtedly also colder and more minchies, but it's a great place to come in your camper van. <laughs>
2: I feel like I'm getting an honest review and, and a sales pitch, but I'm, I'm going to come anyway, so it's fine.
0: Well, we've been away a lot of times in our camper van in Scotland and the midges haven't actually been that bad. You just need no, to choose, choose where you go and take the right spray with you. Glenn, ask some sensible questions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you've used the initials L-I-C-C quite a bit. My suspicion is most people listening have some sense of what that is, but I wonder, could you maybe just tell us, first of all what LIC stands for but also like what do you do there
2: yeah so I mean regular li- listeners to your to your podcast the recast podcast will notice that you mentioned LICC yourselves a couple of times last time when interviewing M- Martin we're the London Institute for Contemporary Christianity uh, don't be put off by the London bit that's just where where we're based but a UK wide charity trying to equip all of God's people for all of their places we're 40 years old We were formed by a guy called John Stott 40 years um, ago. And John Stott's thing was really about listening to the word of God and listening to God's world and trying to make a connection always between between the two. And my role is um, church director, director of church relationships. And I'm here to equip churches and particularly church leaders to equip their people for their Monday to Saturday Lives as well as their Sunday lives wherever they find themselves. so workplaces, leisure places, where they work, rest and play, particularly where they spend time with people who don't yet share their faith. We would often use the term frontline for that. So I'm all about spending time with churches and church leaders and giving them resources to help them equip their people
0: great. So you um you spent twenty twenty five, maybe a bit more ch- yeah. uh, years as a church leader um and now you're in this slightly different space so wh- why why have you got passionate about this why why did you uh trade leadership of a local church for doing what you're doing just now That's a
2: good question Lisa and um let me say I, I loved being a church pastor you know well most days anyway <laughs> I've <being> a church <laughs> pastor um and I felt like I could I could God willing do that um for the rest of the time that I had but I had this role for president of the Baptist Union Uh, of Great Britain, England and Wales, Baptist together, and got to travel around and see something of of the UK scene, to see something of what's going on in churches. And um, I I was struck again by the overall picture. Overall, our churches are ageing and declining in the UK, and we can't be okay with that because we carry the message of hope, uh, don't we? And I, I guess I'd been a bit oblivious to that because through no credit of my own but my my church had been thriving and growing in those 24 25 years so i perhaps was a bit blind to the to that bigger picture and so they began to then ask so if god wants his church to grow and if it is growing globally faster than ever before what is there in the uk that we can do to help the uk church to grow particularly baptist churches which was my stream and is my stream still and one of the answers not the only answer but one of the answers in in my church had been this whole life discipleship piece equipping all of god's people for all of their places as soon as you do that you have a chance you have a chance of equipping people to to be disciples with others um including connecting with people who will never walk into our doors so so that was a starting point for me and then I began to convey that message in my denomination and towards the end of my time as president, LICC approached me and said, that thing you're doing just with the Baptists in England and Wales, could you do it across the UK, across denominations? And I felt that actually that was a great opportunity. And so I've stepped aside from a role that I, I did love and I've moved away from the city I was in, in Chichester on the South Coast, to be able to do do this role.
1: Amazing, amazing. Um, I mean, so talk to us a little bit there. You you, you talked about that having that UK wide view, and I I do think it's sometimes helpful for us to get up to thirty thousand feet, especially those yeah. of us that are involved in just everyday dealing with church stuff, funerals, yeah. and dis- discipleship, and all of those kind of things. Um, at that thirty thousand feet space. Mm. How did you see or how do you see the church in the UK engaging with these kind of questions? Because you've obviously listened to our podcast with Martin mm. last mm. week and some of the things he was talking about mm. um, I think hint at the fact we're, we might think that this is a good idea but I'm not sure we're doing a great job mm. in that.
2: Yeah, I mean it was great to hear Martin but also sad I thought because the thing that he really wanted was affirmation and he wanted it to just be confirmed that, and this is deep in our theology, that he is a minister doing what he's doing, that he's called to be that every bit as much as any of us is and that God can use him there at least as much as as any of us and that there is no hierarchy, though, he, though he'd grown up perceiving this kind of spiritual hierarchy where some jobs are seen as more important than others. I guess at that 30,000 feet level, I would see a couple of things. I would see really good intent... From church leaders we get that it is important to equip our people for for all of their places um, but it's not what shouts for attention mm. what shouts for attention is the pastoral crisis is the is the issues that's going on is the rotor <laughs> you know people will notice <laughs> if nobody is on piano or organ on sunday they won't notice necessarily if we're not equipping them for monday and they mm-hmm. won't even necessarily expect it or, or tell us off for it and so we need ways of reminding ourselves of that and bringing it back to the fore. I guess what I've also seen is perhaps a bit of a fear that if we emphasize too much equipping people for their workplace, maybe they won't like volunteer and serve in church, um, a kind of hidden agenda concern. Actually, I saw the reverse, really. I saw that the more that we endorse people in their whole lives the more they felt the church valued them the more they valued the church and the more they wanted to serve in a church that that was like that so i see really good intent i see people people see the need for this particularly church leaders there's a there's a missional need we know the uk will never be reached until we equip all of god's people for all of their places that's vital there is a generational need We know that young adults are walking away from church. They're not running away from church. They're slowly drifting away from church, not because they don't believe, but because they don't see the relevance. And if we can show them the relevance for their Monday to Saturday lives, for their workplaces and leisure places, for the time they spend with family, the time they spend outside of church, then all of a sudden it becomes worth coming to and worth being equipped for. And there's a discipleship need as well even churches that are growing and seeing people come to faith they say to us we can see people come to faith but we don't really know how to disciple them Mm -hmm. and i would say when we add the word whole life to discipleship to say whole life discipleship we're really just trying to reclaim what discipleship always was (laughs) a disciple is somebody who was trying to learn from jesus and follow the way of jesus every day wherever Mm -hmm. they find themselves yeah.
0: yeah, that's just so good, isn't it? And I and I, I think I, I really like the thing about intent, because I, I think that actually it's not like no one cares or no one wants to do something. Yeah. Um, I suppose I kind of have two questions. I don't know if they're the same question. One is, um, what do you think most people yeah. in most churches are actually looking for in terms of being supported and resourced? And the other is, you know, how as a church leader can I effectively do that so i don't know if that's maybe two massive questions but um (laughs) but perhaps they relate to each
2: other well um they they are big they are big questions i think um there's a bit of a difference lisa with people who are brand new to faith and people who have grown up in church i think so people who are brand new to faith particularly younger generations they expect nothing else than that their faith will be relevant and church should equip them for yeah. their everyday lives why would it not and a huge value particularly with younger generations of adults is is integrity is being consistent in the whole of whole of your life so they just want what happens on sunday to be relevant to to monday through to saturday as well as as well as sunday yeah. we would talk about about the sermon being the halftime team talk uh, in a game of two halves big rugby hockey football doesn't matter and 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 we're about giving resources, tactics, and ideas to get back out there in the game. The first half may have gone well or it may have gone badly, but we're about equipping and resourcing. And those of us who are, have the privilege of preaching, we should be player managers in that analogy. We should be in the game too and to have our own stories. Those who've grown up in church, they may have grown up, as as Martin described in your podcast last time, with a bit of a sacred-secular divide, with a bit of an idea that church emphasizes all that happens in the church program and not that happens outside. So there's a bit of almost correcting a misnomer, a misunderstanding that has to happen first. They can keep Mm -hmm. drifting back to, it's really what's most important is what happens in church. Mm -hmm. And we have to keep countering that. Um, People want to know, so what does it look like? What does Mm -hmm. it look like to be a disciple out there? Um, Is it only about telling people about Jesus? Mm -hmm. And and actually, no, it's much wider than that. And one of our key resources is, is called Fruitfulness on the Front Line. We talk about six M's and that was developed in, in Scotland with some young adults that we were just talking to about what it looks like to be a person of faith out there. And those, those six M's, modelling godly character out there, wherever you are, making good work, ministering grace and love, moulding culture, being a mouthpiece for truth and justice. And being a messenger of the gospel, mm-hmm. um, they still ring true. And and some some churches and some ways of thinking sometimes can think it's only that last one. It's yeah. only being a messenger of the gospel. But equally, some traditions can emphasise all of the other five, and not the last one. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a healthy balance. And it came from some research we did, basically with young young adult Christians coming from Glasgow and Edinburgh to talk to us about what it's like to be. Um, a Christian in their workplace. Hmm. Hmm. The other half of your question was about church leaders and um, how we equip church leaders. And I guess it is that coaching role. Imagine you are giving that half-time team talk. And, and our research says that, that the best church leaders are faithful to the Bible at this, the best whole life disciple-making church leaders, and they're curious. They're curious about other people's lives. They're nosy, if you like, but they ask the right questions. And so when they come up to you after coffee or at the end of a service, and and you're expecting them to ask about the rotor, they they actually ask about your everyday. When you're a church leader, nobody calls us to say they're having an average day, do they? (laughs) They call us about the extremes, things have gone extremely well or extremely badly. And if we're not careful, we preach to those extremes. But for most of the time, most of our people are not having that sort of a day, and so just to ask them, uh, you know, tell me one thing that's going on in, in in your world this this week that I can pray for, or really then equips us to equip them. Mm. Right. Brilliant. I mean, w- one
1: of the things you've you've hinted at there, Ken, is is the need for. Uh, the, the, like the whole story of scripture to be held together there it, mm. and and how if we don't hold all of that then we can we can be preaching the gospel but not concerned about the justice piece. we can mm. we can uh we can forget about modeling um things when we when we're too busy just trying to tell people about jesus if i'm a church leader thinking okay Ken's on to something and yes I know I can go and pick up all these lovely resources from LICC and we'll promote those in a little bit but but <laughs> what what are the first steps that I take you know how, how do I reshape preaching or how do I how do I rethink my small groups or or what's the language shift that needs to take place what what are those initial steps to take to begin to to, to to redo your culture around that? Because if you're stuck in a culture with a sacred-secular divide, it's that you can't just do it Mm. in one Sunday. It's gotta be a Mm. progressive thing. What are are those first steps, would you think?
2: I mean, these are all great questions. That's a great question too. And I I guess, without naming one of our resources as the answer, and in a way it's not the answer because you can can fall into the trap of saying, okay, we did this because we did one of LICCs or another Mm. organization's resource four years ago therefore we've nailed it in terms of whole life discipleship and that would just be a gesture really uh, rather than genuinely making a a kind of whole posture change to how how we approach things so to take your question around forming a message in a small group or, or, or on a sunday i guess we know the exercise that we do when we look at the bible we say what did it mean then what does it mean now and so what I think that's essentially what we do and we look at different genres to say what it meant then and now to then say so what i think there's still a danger that if we don't make ourselves think this way our so what's have church implications so the so what becomes so therefore we ought to give more in church or Mm. love one another more in this building and in in the things that we do or serve more in church all of those are good things
1: yeah
2: but if if we can throw in some so what's that relate to those on meeting at the school gate uh parents and um, doing that those in the nhs those who are doing plumbing and, and manual work those who are at the tennis club those who are meeting their family who don't yet share their faith and and what that's like because those things are different so almost to make ourselves a little post-it note to say, you know, have some illustrations that are nothing to do with the church program. Sometimes people go one stage further than the church program and they think of community activities. That is good too, but that's still our leisure time and the amount of time we give to community things. So a key thing is to think beyond those leisure time activities to where we're spending the majority of our time, paid and unpaid. So this includes people of retirement age or out of work and all ages. But to think, is my message landing there for them? Are my small group questions landing there for them too? Now, yes, we do have some resources that can help with that. But I think all ministers, pastors, preachers, home group leaders, we've got the tools to do that. We just need some triggers to remind ourselves to do it. Excellent.
1: Excellent.
0: You know, I just um, I just listened to you now. I think the curiosity thing is really a really helpful piece in this because I wonder if uh, some of us who've maybe done, you know, um, church leadership since we were kind of out of toddlers mm-hmm. uh, or, or for so long that we've sort of forgotten um, what regular life was like, if that's the right way to put mm-hmm. it, um, feel a bit nervous to say something that would be unhelpful, mm-hmm. you know, or just a bit foolish yeah. uh or, or naive or something and actually the curiosity bit really helps with that isn't it especially if maybe we can use an example that someone's given us if they give us permission yeah. so it's not just me thinking i know what's best for you but actually um but, but I guess yes. just that being interested in people's lives. We did, we did have somebody at our church who used to quite often ring up and say, Emma, I've got such and such a meeting today. Will you pray for me? Mm. And that was a really helpful reminder, actually, mm. about you know the regular everyday life of somebody else in the church. Mm. Um, so how, how might we do that genuinely? How do we do the curiosity thing genuinely?
2: Well, um, if it's true that people don't call us to say they're having an average day, they email, they text, they WhatsApp, they call us to say something else is happening or to ask a question about the rotor, which is all good stuff. Then, then we can say, okay, well, I've answered your question, your important question about the flower rotor. That's done. Now, um, while we're chatting, give me one thing to to pray for you this week. Tell me one thing that's going on in your world. It doesn't have to be a big thing. And 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 to lower the stakes mm-hmm. that this has to be a big thing. So I was talking to a friend who's a GP just recently. You know, we're, we're, I don't know when our podcast is going out, but this is Holy Week as we're speaking, lead up to Easter. Everyone's g- going to arrive at their door on Thursday before mm-hmm. Good Friday, wanting to be healed. You know, and I, I, <laughs> most most church leaders aren't thinking about that. We're thinking about how busy our program is. We're not thinking about how busy it is for a GP. Mm-hmm. So, you, ask him a little bit further about what's going on and. This is a particularly anxious time. People are anxious in the waiting room post-COVID in a way that they weren't before. And they've they've normally got multiple things that they're asking for when they used to ask for one. And they've waited a little bit longer. And the waiting list to go to to the treatment that they need may also take longer. So the the GP has to then prescribe painkillers to get them through that time. So the whole thing is a little Mm. bit more angsty than it was before. On top of which, I now have the thought that what is a busy time for us as church leaders over Easter is a different sort of busy time for the GPs. And I can, mm-hmm. I can pray for them. Well, that then equi- helps me to equip, mm-hmm. equip them. If I'm talking, say at Christmas time to somebody else I know who's a car salesman, that's a particularly dead time to mm-hmm. sell cars. You know, nobody particularly buys a car unless they have to in December because it's too expensive <laughs> for other things. But unless I ask them those things, I don't, I don't know. So I think it is just asking good open questions. And and then and then perhaps um, our congregations aren't so fearful that we are going to come up and ask them about volunteering <laughs> for X or Y or the Rotora over Coffee. Because they know because they know we're genuinely interested yeah. in, in what's going on in their lives. As part of our 40th anniversary, we asked people to send in stories um just of what their everyday life was like. And um again, thinking about the NHS, I had one story from which made it into our devotion we wrote a 40 day devotional you can you can get it on you version or from from us and and read one a day um from Michelle who's in in the NHS in Lan- Lanarkshire. But I've never thought about her sort of role but her role is that she investigates when something has gone wrong in the NHS mm-hmm. so when there is a complaint when there's been an maybe a harmful incident or something adverse has happened but she would pick up the biblical truths, then of, of, of Leviticus and, and, and about our God being a God of justice. And so she sees her role as I'm there to see that everybody is valued mm-hmm. and at a time of immense pain and tension that justice prevails. So she sees it as a godly role to to do difficult work well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I would never have thought of that. No. But, but by hearing her... I can absolutely get it. And then I can think of a whole range of other jobs that are a bit like that. Yeah,
1: brilliant. Yeah, we, we when we, uh, previous church, we were at in Aberdeen. We had a young woman that was part of our church and was really struggling with her work and not sure what she should do. And really, actually, I think the reality was she didn't understand that God saw what she did as valuable. And um, mm. she's uh, and. In fact she expressed it almost exactly those ways and uh, she was a children and family services social worker um yeah. <laughs> who was struggling to see her purpose because she was so <laughs> pulled down into the everyday and the pain and the anguish that she saw i was like well the religion our father desires is that you would take care of the widow and the orphan and it's like it seems Absolutely. to me you're doing that you might get a check from somebody else but it doesn't really matter you know the work that you're doing yeah. is that- and it was just one of those great joys in pastoral ministry when you see the light bulb come on for someone and they go, yeah. that could be my work. I, I thought that's what we did in church. <laughs> like, yeah. No, no, no. no. Yeah. I don't get to do any of those exciting yeah. things. That's your job. So, uh, yeah. yeah, and and it is that, that. I guess that's actually that bridge between what Martin said and what you're talking about, is that we can yeah. find ways to take what sound like, quote-unquote, just jobs and, and infuse yeah. them with holy meaning in some way by by helping people recognise their space within the kingdom.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would say another breakthrough moment, Lisa, right at the end of the podcast, last time you talked about um, you doing this time tomorrow interviews in your church, and and sometimes it might be something really quite difficult, like um, somebody caring for their partner who's who's got dementia. A breakthrough moment sometimes is to realise that this doesn't have to be the thing that you've always wanted it doesn't have to be the thing that you feel called to nevertheless Mm. god can use you there
1: yeah and
2: our bible's full of those sorts of stories you know does joseph want to be you know in in prison does he does daniel want (laughs) to be where daniel is does esther you know we we make the story of esther sound beautiful Mm. but it was probably brutal (laughs) really and yet god use all god uses all of those people so that so that by the time you get to colossians and, it, and it's talking mm. about whatever you do. That's, mm. That includes slaves in the most terrible of circumstances and and families who may or may not want to be together. And, mm-hmm. and yet whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though working for the Lord, not for human masters. And mm-hmm. so um, sometimes people can wait for, uh, you know, I, I will follow this whole life thing when I'm in the role that I really want to be in. <laughs> but actually God may lead you and we can pray that God will lead you to something else more fulfilling if you're not there. Brilliant. But for today, you are where you are and you can Mm -hmm. still make good work, mold the culture of the place that you're in, be a mouthpiece Mm. for truth and justice, be a messenger of the gospel and so on.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's really good. I actually really like that. I I do think that we perhaps do kind of only spotlight things that fit our agenda or that are shiny enough.
2: I think so. I I think half of the Bible's whole life stories are people who probably didn't want to be where they are. (laughs) and And yet God uses them there.
0: Yeah, it's really good. Do you think that's maybe then linked in with um, what well, I think we pick up from a lot of people, which is just a lack of confidence, really, to be a follower of Jesus where they are. So, so I, I um I think you know that works out well in certain professions, um, particularly perhaps caring professions or ones that have. Clear kind of significance, like well, I, I kind of know how to be a Christian in this role. But there's huge amounts of jobs that are not mentioned in the Bible in an obvious way because um, they didn't exist, like mm. IT or. <laughs> um, and people are going, well, I just, I don't know, I don't know how this works out as a Christian. How, how am I a Christian that you know? We don't even speak to each other. We don't even ask where well, we've been on holiday. It's, you know, h- how do I have some confidence that what I'm doing has any significance in this world? that i'm yeah,
2: in just now totally right and and we we discovered that again just talking to people in the churches that we visit you know i get the privilege of traveling around the uk and spending time with with churches and people in churches and, and church leaders and and i think there is this disconnect that that mm-hmm. it is easier to feel confident when we're together than when we're apart and um, it's easier to sing a little louder mm-hmm. than, than live a little bolder much as i like that song <laughs> and so we decided that was a real big big issue, and so just over this last forty days of Lent, we've, we've written a Lent devotion. But it would work at any time of the year if people want to follow it. Just mm-hmm. saying, there are a whole range of things that knock confidence for Christians today, yeah, and we need to recognise that. But there are some God given things that can build confidence. So mm-hmm. over forty days, and um, you can sign up on UVersion, version, the app, if you've got that, or from us directly. Just look at LICC.org.uk and look for the word confidence and you'll get a free 40-day devotion where we say confidence grows through being convinced. If I can remember why I'm convinced my confidence grows, confidence mm-hmm. grows through community. I might feel alone, but actually I'm not alone. God promises to be with me and we can drop one another messages to encourage one another. Confidence grows through compassion. If I have enough heart for God mm-hmm. and the people that I'm with, then my confidence trumps lack of um my compassion trumps lack of confidence Mm. confidence grows through consistency if i've got some patterns of bible reading and prayer that helps my confidence confidence grows through competence if i feel like i can answer some of the questions or at least begin to say Mm -hmm. the reason for the hope that i have then confidence grows and confidence grows through courage Mm -hmm. that's this week's theme for those who are following it through lent so sometimes confidence doesn't come in the waiting it comes when we take a big gulp go for it moment and God meets us more than halfway and we find confidence because we've stepped out um and then we'll look at Jesus's confidence around the cross um on good friday and saturday and and easter sunday
0: that sounds like super helpful and uh, it makes sense actually in so many different situations doesn't it and uh, so I don't know if I
2: can remember all those six C's, but I'm sure I no, can. No, I can't remember. Find I'm looking them, at them while I'm, I'm, I'm saying while I'm saying them. But, but, but do take a look. What was interesting to us was I, I piloted this last year just because it kept coming up this theme of confidence, and we asked some church leaders to just have a look at the forty days of of readings. But they started preaching those six themes. So, <laughs> so you can also download some sermon themes around those six themes and small group questions around those six themes. Um, And it seems to have resonated, resonated. thousands of people are are reading it right now, because it just, it does seem to be an issue. It's easier Mm -hmm. to be confident when we gather Mm -hmm. than when we're scattered. Yeah. And surely we can gain confidence when we're together for exactly those times when we feel alone, but we're not. Yeah. Yeah. Because he promised to be with us always, all the days. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Brilliant. It feels to me like we're getting to a place to kind of wrap this up i i have a couple of i I guess more general questions so one is um a bunch of the people listening to this will be readers right and they're going to say Mm -hmm. you know these resources are great and i can use them in my church but if i want to read around this area of whole life discipleship of uh that kind of space what would be your kind of go-to recommended kind of books
2: yeah it's a, it, it, you're you're right different people will, will want different things and and I guess many of your podcast subscribers are church leaders yeah. if if they are then i would say imagine church by my predecessor neil hudson and scattered and gathered are a great way of looking at so what does this actually look like for for churches if um you play an individual role in your church and you play an equally important role outside of church as we, as we've said then the original book is still a classic in this. Mark Green's Thank God It's Monday started a lot of this thinking for LICC maybe 20 years ago. Mark's still part of our organization as our mission champion. It's in multiple reprints um, now. I'm sure you can get a cheap secondhand one. And Mark won't thank me for saying that, but you can, you can get the new ones from us as well. And they're great and shiny and new. We've got new editions um, and well worth having. But Thank God It's Monday is a great place to start on this as well. If you wanted to give it to your wider church leaders, and they're not going to read a whole book, then again, if you go to our website, there are some Grove booklets that will take Mm. you 10, 15 minutes to read that summarize the key teaching around making whole life disciples in your church. There's, There's two or three of those. Brilliant.
0: You said you had two questions. You're me there, Glenn. I was uh, counting and that was one.
2: Yeah, well, oh, that's caught cool. you out, Glenn. Yeah, uh, I don't, it's I don't it's kind of getting to that
0: well. time on a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. Um, I just want to say that I think that the website is great. Um, and uh, actually, there's just lots of different resources. So, there's resources around how to, um, how to engage with some books of the Bible. Mm. Uh, with this kind of mindset mm. which is which is super helpful because it's really practical and uh, when i'm feeling a little overwhelmed then that's a good place to go to find help um, and all the kind of different courses and resources uh, and podcasts and all manner yeah. of exciting things um
2: so so, so, you've, so um what you've mentioned there is a series called gateway seven um seven different uh, books with small group questions looking at the seven main different writing style genre in the bible mm-hmm. so to give you an idea of if I'm reading this sort of style of writing in the bible how do I apply that in a whole life way because we mm-hmm. think the whole bible applies in a whole life way you just have to read it with with a whole life lens yeah so yeah licc.org.uk is the place to find that and forward/resources slash resources will take you to those things um, but- or our events many of those are online yeah including, including a lunchtime event around preaching next month um just for one hour if people I want to
0: think about that yeah and i would uh, recommend those personally because i joined in some of those especially over lockdown you know when our, our whole life was attached to a computer <laughs> and also i think when we all re- realized that we could do some stuff like that in in a way that we can't always do it gathered so I'd mm. recommend those opportunities if that's helpful i um learned something from uh i think it might have been neil i'm not even sure um in a previous life about one degree changes yeah. Um, making a huge difference to where we end up to our destination. Mm-hmm. If, so if I was to ask you what one degree change might I make just now that would change the destination for my church with regard to what we've talked about, what would you say?
2: Yeah, you're right. One degree changes and one degree shifts. It just picks up this idea that we can't necessarily just change anything radically. You know this. We can't change anything radically in our church overnight. Mm-hmm. All of these things take take time. So what are the key kind of small but significant changes? I think it starts with us. Um, So my one degree shift changes my everyday prayer life. Um, To what extent today have I prayed for somebody in their role, not because they're having a crisis, not because it's going brilliantly well, and I've just got a promotion, but just because I've got a bit of a picture for what might be going on in their day. If I yeah. start there then then everything changes from there. If you give me a second one, I would say the way that I personally read the Bible so so let's start there the way that I pray every day, the way that I read God's word every day and try to do those two things with a whole life lens would be my starting point one degree shifts Bob. Ken that's
1: brilliant and what a great place for us to pause that actually just to see. If those are the one degree shifts, then then that's great. We'll put links to all the LICC stuff in the show notes. Folks can get a hold of that. But thank you so much for your time and for sharing your wisdom with us. It'd be great.
2: Thanks, both of you. Great, great to be with you. Thanks,
0: Ken. well i don't know about you glenn but um i found that was really helpful and uh insightful and some things i'm familiar with and some things that i've forgotten about and some things that i know but i haven't done anything about um how about you
1: yeah similar i think um uh, we were saying to ken in our conversation off air my my introduction to this kind of way of thinking came in a different place and through through my time at regent and so the resources are different that people use, but they come to exactly the same point. Mm-hmm. So I actually find it quite difficult to interview him because normally I want to poke on the bits I'm not sure I agree with, or and it, but it was all a bit like, well, well, yeah, and yeah, <laughs> and some more of that. Uh, so I'll mark that down to Ken being really smart and mm-hmm. very wise, and so there wasn't much to uh, there wasn't much to poke into. But I think he said a lot of really helpful. Mm things um was there anything for you that stood out in that kind of sense of being really helpful or wise
0: yeah i think the thing that really kind of landed with me and maybe i kind of said that a little bit as we were talking but is um that lots of people find themselves in situations where their frontline as in the place where they spend most of their time whether it's the home or a work space where they get paid or whatever is not that great yeah and um and actually, when you speak to people, well, the people who like their jobs or think they're meaningful, talk talk about them. But lots of people go something like, well, I'm just a this, that and the other, or yeah. you don't really want to hear about what I do yeah. because of hey, it's boring or I don't really like it. Or... And I think just that little thing about lots of people in the Bible found themselves doing things they probably didn't really want to do. And actually, God is at work in that yeah as much as the thing which appears meaningful from the outside. Actually, it's quite a transforming perspective on mm. things, isn't it? And maybe enables me to pray for myself when I feel like that or have done. Um, but for others and, and ask some deeper questions about those spaces where they kind of maybe don't want to talk about it, or it's not feeling great, or mm. it doesn't seem very meaningful. So, So that was quite a little moment, I think
1: yeah I think so I think that's really insightful uh, both of Ken and of you the way they picked that up I think um the real challenge of uh how do you how do you pastor people actually in their in, in their very ordinary lives at times and 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 disappointingly ordinary for for many people at times so um I have a an Episcopalian friend who always likes to remind me that the vast majority of the church calendar is called ordinary time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: like, yeah,
1: because that's that's the reality, you know. Like mm-hmm. we're in Holy Week right now; that's a high day, you know. But actually, that's only one week. The vast majority mm-hmm. of of the year is going to be ordinary time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I thought another thing that that was there uh, that I, I heard is a bit of a challenge as a church leader um, was. That space where where we have good intentions and we maybe do a Bible study or mm-hmm. we maybe even do a sermon series on this, but at least what, what I heard Ken saying was, no, this needs to become embedded in your culture. This needs mm-hmm. to be something more than even just a once a year kind of Bible study or program that you yeah. run, but needs to needs to hold on to. Something much more significant and and i think that's really challenging because it does it does feel like actually that means that we need to make more significant changes than just choosing to put this in a sermon series mm-hmm. um but it needs to begin to infuse everything that we do
0: yeah i think that's right isn't it because it's dead easy to do a course or a yeah, uh, and feel really good about yourself and yeah. it makes a difference I hope, to some people. But yeah, something about it becoming part of the DNA, isn't it? That discipleship is all our lives wherever we are whatever we're doing and that that's the message really yeah
1: and and that that goes to the 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 challenge of pastoral leadership right because i mean you were talking at the beginning about your big long to-do list that goes down the side of your calendar and the problem is you don't get to put discipleship on there and then tick it off any day it's just going to be there every day at the top annoying you saying nope you are not done that fully yet Nope, more to do yeah Uh, so i think there's a i think there's a piece there that that is both challenging um but it's it's a challenge to to meet people in the realities and the mm. and the, the genuine spaces of their lives
0: but we can start can't we and uh we must we, we can start now like today and that's kind of always with things that are challenging like a mountain you think no i'm going to start with one step and uh mm. so maybe maybe this is an area where we need to do that more
1: yeah absolutely Absolutely. And join us next time when we'll have more guests looking at this uh, subject some from uh, a practitioner point of view and others trying to help us think about what it means as leaders Uh, thank you for listening to the recast if you've got any requests of things you'd like us to talk about or people that you would like us to get on as guests then please do get in touch with either of us our emails are in the show notes below we would love to hear from you Uh, thanks for listening this has been the recast I'm Glenn Lisa's been with me and we are are out.